Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Black Newborn here. This is our new normal, um, and I'm glad that you woke up to watch the sermon on a Sunday morning. If you're watching it any other time of the day, that's still cool. Um, obviously, this is for our teens here at Christchurch Midrand primarily, and we're going to be continuing in our series that we started a week ago called Unbreakable. Um, and just to give you a, a quick recap, uh, just before we get into our sermon, we've been doing this um, uh, a series rather called Unbreakable. And last week, Gareth uh, took us through the, uh, the scriptures as we looked at how God is our rock and how we should build our foundations on this rock that is solid, uh, that is unmovable, that's unshakable, uh, that's unbreakable, as opposed to building our foundations, the foundations of our lives, and, and ultimately the, the, the foundations of our salvation on, on the sand, which is everything else in this world. Uh, everything else in this world will try and present itself uh, as something that is solid, that's something uh, that is, 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 is off a rock, but it actually isn't. And we've seen that in our own lives, uh, and we know that to be true because of the scriptures, that everything else outside of Jesus is just sinking sand. Um, and so Gareth did a wonderful job uh, last week l helping us look at that. And so this week we're going to be looking at the sovereignty of God. Very big concept. Um, if you're a teen, you're probably wondering what that word means, but you at home, you're not in the service, so you can actually just quickly Google uh, what sovereignty means. Uh, but I'll, I'll explain what that means for us now. So we're looking at the sovereignty of God and how that is unbreakable and how we can trust in the Lord um, and keep our eyes on him, especially in these crazy times that we are living in right now. Uh, most of us are quarantined. Most of us uh, know because school have been closed and, and we know that we've been uh, forced to be at home. Uh, ESCOM is crazy. Uh, Vodacom just announced that they're dropping data prices. MTN wants to do the same thing. Uh, so we're living in, in, in quite crazy times, right? And so naturally the question then for us becomes, uh, who can we trust? Where do we place our trust? Uh, how can we live in a world of so many uncertainties, uh, but yet the Bible keeps on telling us that God is certain, that God's promises uh, will never fail us. Uh, but everything else around us seems to be falling and cracking. Uh, so today, that's what we're going to be looking at. How can we trust this God uh, when he presents himself as somebody who is ultimately in control? And what does it mean that God is sovereign over all things? Okay, so I'm going to pray for us just before we get into uh, the sermon today. So let's bow our heads wherever it is that you are. And I'm going to pray for us. Lord, thank you so much that we are here today, that we could uh, open your word, Lord, that even though we are not meeting, we could still uh, meet with you, Lord. Uh, and this is the beautiful thing about you, Lord, that you are everywhere uh, and that you are all-knowing. And so even now, Lord, you are with us in our various areas, various homes, wherever it is that we're watching this, this feed, Lord. I pray that you may be with me as I go through your word. Help me to be faithful. I pray, Father, that those who are listening, their hearts may be opened and their ears may be opened uh, so that they can get a word of encouragement, Lord, because that's what we desperately need right now in this time. I pray, Father, for all of these things in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 It will be dope for you to keep your Bible open uh, because we're going to be going through Psalm 2. Um, side note, 
uh, please do check out our TikTok account because we're going to be releasing devotionals um, uh, uh, every week just on TikTok, especially on the Psalms. So please do check that out when you do have time as well. Um, so we're going to be looking at Psalm 2. I'm going to be reading that for us, um, but keep your Bibles open. That will be helpful for me, and then we'll jump straight into it. Listen to what Psalm 2 says, verses 1. Why do the nations rage, the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast the way their cords from us. Verses 4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in, in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Verses 7, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your position. You shall break them with the rod of iron and dash them into pieces like a potter's vessel. Verses 10, now therefore, kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way of his wrath, uh, in, in the way rather, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. That is the word of the Lord and the word that we're going to be looking at today. So what is sovereignty? Big word. Here are a couple of other big words to confuse you even more. Right? Um, sovereignty uh, is supreme power. One, it's authority. It's a, it's dominion. It's autonomy. It's independence. Right? If we just break it down into a, a very small bite size, sovereignty means. Jesus is boss. God is boss. He, he runs everything. He's in control of everything. There's nothing in the scope of the universe that God does not have control over. He's the guy who's calling all the shots. Right? Nothing passes him. Nothing goes through him without him knowing. He knows every single thing and his hands are in every single thing. Right? Um, so he's the one who is in charge he is the boss. And so two things we're going to be looking at today. How do we respond to the sovereignty of God? One, that's what we're going to be looking at. And then two, in his sovereignty, how does God respond to us to change our hearts uh, so that we may live a life that is pleasing to him? So two things again, if you're taking notes. One, how do we respond to sovereignty? Two, in his sovereignty, how does God then respond to us? in order to change our hearts so that we can live lives that are pleasing to him. Uh, let's start with our response to God's sovereignty. Verses 1 till 3, I'll read that again. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So what is happening here, right? So you see the rulers of the earth, the kings of the earth, those who have authority coming together, right? First thing we see that they do is that they're raging against God. So they want to attack God. That's how they respond to the sovereignty of God. God is in charge. God runs everything. God is in control. And so they think to themselves, no, we, we want to be in charge. We, we want to take control of our own lives. So they rage uh, against the sovereignty of God. And in doing that, they 
band together, they, they come together so that they can do it as a collective. And the reason why they're coming together is so that they can break free, they can burst free or cast away, as the verse tells us, from God's law. Because that's how God's sovereignty is expressed. We see that God rules and reigns the world as he decrees things, as he gives us his law, as he gives us his word. And so these kings and rulers are saying to themselves, we want to break free from that. We don't want to adhere to what God is calling us to do. We don't want to follow what God is telling us to, to do in his word. So we want to cast away uh, those burdens. They're saying God's word is a burden. God's law is a burden. And so they want to break free from that. Right? In other words, what these kings and rulers and authorities are saying is that God cannot rule us. One. Uh, secondly, God does not know what he's doing. I mean, look at the world around us. You might be thinking the same thing. You might be tempted to think the same thing as you're sitting at home. Uh, how can God be sovereign, but yet then there's, there's this virus that is just plaguing the entire globe. So clearly God does not know what he's doing. God cannot run the world, right? Uh, we need to find better systems, better ways of running the world because God cannot do his job. We can do God's job better. And here's what these kings and rulers and authorities are trusting. They, they're trusting their influence uh, because they have dominion over the people that they rule. They have influence over those that they govern. So they believe and trust in their influence that that will be sufficient for them to rule and reign the world or their sphere of influence. Secondly, they're trusting the skills they have. Right? They, they, they might be gifted people. They might be talented people. And so they're trusting that, that if they have all... They have skills, they have abilities, they have gifts, uh, and therefore they can be able to rule and reign the world around them. Another thing that they might be tempted to trust is their wealth. They're kings after all. So they have guap, they have money, uh, and so they can trust uh, the money that they have. Right? Uh, uh, move away from those kings. Let's think about you. Think about where you at right now. Uh, you might be tempted to think God does not know what he's doing. Right? And so if you don't, if you're thinking that God does not know what, what He's doing, what is the temptation that you're trusting? What is the temptation, uh, that is forcing you to move away from trusting the Lord and trusting yourself? What well, one, uh, you might be trusting your parents' money. Right? You, you live in Midrand, uh, you live, you live in a, in an affluent area, you go to a good private school, and so you thinking to yourself, this money will never run out. Right? My, my parents actually just bought a second car right now, a third or fourth car. We actually just bought a second house and my dad's business is, is going well. My, my mom's business is, is going well or she got promoted at work, whatever the case is. And so at this point, you might be tempted to think, well, if, if my parents would run this world, I, it, it would be way better because I see the money they have. I see the influence that my parents have. I, you, you might be sitting there and that's not your reality. Your parents don't have as much money as other kids' parents do. But, but you might be trusting your looks. You might be trusting your social influence. You might be thinking, well, listen, I, I'm, I'm a very pretty girl. I, I'm a, I'm a good looking guy. I, I have social influence at school. If I could use this influence uh, way better in, in a global scale, I could probably run the world better than God can. Uh, some of you might be uh, trusting in your position in society. 
right? You, you are way better than other children in other communities. And so you might be thinking, well, look at us. We, we have it going on here. We have, we have a good mall just down the road. We have good private schools uh, just down the road. We have, we have good big churches around us. Listen, we, we had a better position than other people. So if all those people in other less fortunate communities could look at us, look at me, Right? I, I could run this world better because I am set up in a better position in society. Some of you might be trusting your abilities in sports. You might be trusting the fact that you have a good education. Right? You might be trusting that because I go to a good school, I, I have all the tools that I need in order for me to run the world around me. On the other hand, some of you might be trusting your faithfulness. You might be trusting that, listen, I grew up in a Christian home. I gave my life to Jesus when, when I was young. And therefore, if, if I just remain faithful, if I remain faithful, my faith can, can carry me through everything. Uh, faith is a good thing. We're supposed to have faith. The Bible encourages us to, to have faith. In fact, in Hebrews, uh, the Bible tells us that without holiness, we will not see God. Faith is, is, is us having uh, uh, the, 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 the trust that, that, that God is there, that God is doing what he's doing. Faith is a good thing. But you might have started trusting your faith and not trusting God at all, right? Uh, you're not trusting the object of your faith, but you're trusting your ability in faith. And so, so here's the, here's the warning to us, my friends, this, this, this day. I, uh, listen to what verses 1b says. I, it says that the people's plot in vain. Vain means useless, means pointless, means there's no goal, there's no end to it. It's just dumb. <laughs> right? um, so, so these kings, these rulers, these authorities are all plotting in vain. They're coming together, they're strategizing, they're putting their influence, their skills, their wealth. You might be sitting here and saying to yourself, well, if I can get my, my hot friend, I can get my rich friend, I can get my friend in a good position, the one who, who does well in sport, the, the other smart kid in, in class, and we can all come together. We can form the new Avengers, basically, and, and take over this world and do a better job than what God is doing doing right now yo listen the bible is saying all of that will be in vain that's useless that will not amount to anything right uh, authorities in this world are good in fact the bible tells us that all governments are borrowed authority nobody is in a position of power that god does not allow right god in his sovereignty allows people like us fallen broken sinful humans to have a taste of power and authority and to rule and reign the world in the capacity that god has given us authority is good but even as we see now with the virus that's going around uh, there's there's parts of our lives rather than our existence that we don't have control over we do not have control over everything and so the little taste that god gives us of authority and control and rule should not make us strong to think that we can take over god's throne you are plotting in vain if that's what you are doing you are plotting in vain if you're trusting in your own and I say this cautiously, your own sovereignty, because in fact, in reality, ultimately, you don't have uh, sovereignty. God is the one with sovereignty. He allows you to taste a little taste of, of rule and reign and the area and influence that you have. So that will be in vain. Turn from that and trust the Lord. Turn from your vain pursuits and trust 
Jesus. In fact, I, I, I won't convince you. Listen to what God says in his own word. Part one or, or the first point is how we respond to God's sovereignty. And we see we respond that in, in a very hostile way. But listen to how God responds then to us uh, in his sovereignty, how he responds to us to change our hearts so that we can trust him and live a life that is glorifying to him. Verses four, listen to what verses four says. He who sits in heaven Lost, the Lord holds them in derision. He who sits in heaven laughs. As we all shaking our fists in the heaven, as we all come together to plot and try and take over God's throne, listen to God's response. God sits in heaven and laughs. You might be tempted to think, wow, that's, that's nasty, right? That's cruel. That's evil. Why would you just sit there and laugh, right? And, and, and as you read this, the first time you read this, you might be tempted to think, yeah, that's exactly what I've been thinking about God, is just sitting in heaven and laughing while the world is falling apart, right? Yo, yo, this is not what this verse means. Here's what this verse means. I'll give you an illustration. Right, there's, a, there's a story that's told right, of, of this kid who comes uh, to, his, to his parents' bedroom 2 a.m., Right in the morning, 2 a.m., he goes to his parents' bedroom. He's a two-year-old, right? And, and so he gets out of his bed, goes to the parents' bedroom, knocks at the door. The mother opens the door and says, yo, wh- why are you up? What do you want? Right? And so the kid says, yo, I want ice cream. So the mother's like, what? You want ice cream at 2 a.m., bro? You woke out of your bed to wake us up so you can tell me that you want ice cream. Listen, you're not going to get any ice cream. It's 2 a.m., one. Secondly, it's not healthy for you to eat ice cream at 2 a.m., right? You need to go sleep. Rest is what's healthy for you right now. I know what is good for you. I know how your body functions. I, I, I have authority over you, right? So, so I know what is best and good for you. So go sleep because rest is what's good right now. Guess what the kid does? The kid says, well, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm going to stand right outside your door and hold my breath. Right? I'm going to hold my breath and hopefully I'll pass out and then you'll give me the ice cream. So what does the mother do? She laughs. Right? And she's not laughing at the kid. She's laughing at the ridiculousness of the situation. This is so ridiculous. It's 2 a.m. You're going to hold your breath and pass out. Really? Right? <laughs> Go to sleep, bro. Right? And if you're laughing right now, that's exactly what this verse is meaning. God looks at these vain pursuits, these futile uh, attempts by the kings, the authorities, the rulers. And he's saying, guys... That's ridiculous. Don't try and run this. I, I know how to run this. Turn to me. Look at me. Come to me. I have the blueprints. I know what is good for you. It is 2 a.m. and you're asking for ice cream. That's as ridiculous as that when we try and take the reins over this world. When we try and take the throne of God, God is just like, yo, man, that's, that's just just ridiculous, right? It's not going to happen. In fact, listen to what God says in verses 6. As for me, this is God saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Who is he talking about here? He's talking about Jesus. He says, the throne that you're gunning for, the throne that you want, 
Yo, listen, I have put my king on that throne and his name is Jesus Christ and Jesus shall not be moved. He shall not be shaken. He shall not be uh, 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 pushed aside. It's his throne. He's on it and he's not going to be moved at all. And listen then to what Jesus says from verses 7 to verses 9. Right? So so God speaks verses 4 to verses 6. Jesus is speaking here in verses 7 to verses 9. He says, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son today i have begotten you ask of me and i will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your position you shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel listen to what jesus is saying every single corner of this universe is mine the lord has given it to me i am the one and only begotten son and so god gives me the authority god puts me on the throne God calls me the captain of all of this and I am running all of it. No one is going to move me. No one is going to shake me. No one is going to take this position that I have on this throne. I am the sovereign one, Jesus says, and therefore turn to me and look to me. I know how to run this show. Listen to what Abraham Kaper says. He says, there is not a square inch in the whole dominion of the human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry mine yo every single thing in this world jesus looks at and screams mine your sexuality jesus says that's mine your gifts your talents your dreams your future your family your parents jesus looks at all of that and says that is mine the school you go to the estate you live in the complex you 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 live in the malls that you frequent the drip that you're wearing old parents drip is clothing all right the music that you listen to all right your instagram your tiktok every Everything Jesus looks at and says, mine, all of that belongs to me. All of it is mine. We don't run this world. Beyonce might have said, who runs the world? Girls. But yo, that's a cool jam, right? And we dance to it, gang. But it holds no truth. Jesus runs this world. Right? James Bryan, you might be too young to know who James Bryan is, but he said, this is a man's world. It's not. It's God's world. Jesus runs this world. This camera I'm speaking to, this mic I'm speaking into, this Bible I have, these pages I have, the drip I have, what you watching through now, your phone, your, your tablet, your, 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 your laptop, your computer, your TV, whatever it is, the data that you use, Jesus says all of that is mine. All of it belongs to Jesus. And the reason why God is showing us this, the reason why God is speaking to us today about his sovereignty is so that our hearts can change. Our hearts can move away from our selfish pursuits, our vain pursuits of trying to be independent, but turn to him in humble, holy, sacrificial submission. Give our lives to him. He knows what this world is supposed to be. He made me. He made you. He knows how you're supposed to function. He gives you the gifts that that you have. He gives you the talents, the opportunities, the parents, the community that you live in, and all of that to shape you into the image of Jesus Christ. He knows what the end goal is. You don't. He knows your end uh, from your beginning. He, He knows all of that. And so he says, trust me. I I run this. I I know how to make all of this work perfectly. But if you don't 
give your life to me, and you keep on trying to take your life into your own hands, it doesn't end very well. We know this from Genesis 3. We've been trying to be independent. Adam and Eve tried to be independent from the beginning of time, and they messed up. Adam's first two children, one killed the other. Because the parents were trying to be independent away from God. They wanted to run the world the way they saw fit. They wanted to do things in their own way. And the first family, there's murder recorded. And the world has not stopped. Every time we try to move away from God, we've only wrecked havoc for ourselves. World War One, World War Two. Now there's rumors of World War Three. There's bullying in schools, there's body shaming, there's, there's human trafficking, broken homes, gossiping, lying, cheating. You hate it when there's friction among your friends. And the reason for that is that we don't listen to what God says when he says, love your neighbor as you would love yourself. If we would love people the way we'd love ourselves, we'd love God with all our heart, our mind and strength. The world might be a better place, but the more we try and, and hog authority, try to be independent away from God, trying to plot our own lives the way we would want them to be, the more we hurt ourselves, the more we break things, the more things around us crumble and fall. So God shows us all of this, reminds us of his sovereignty, so we can turn to him. Our hearts can change. Schools are closed. Right? You're going to be at home for a while. It's time for you to rethink. Pray. Reassess your own heart. Do some introspection. Lord, where, where have, I, have I tried to be sovereign? Lord, where have I tried to be independent away from you? Where have I tried to run and rule my own life? Is it in my sexuality? Is it in my clothing? Is it in my social media? Is it with the music I listen to, the movies I, I, I listen to? Uh, Lord, you, you said that I should focus on you, but I've been so focused on dating boys, dating girls, doing whatever it is. And not spending time with you. Lord, Lord, now that I'm at home, now that I'm away from the busyness of life, you know, can, can I just focus on you? And, and can I say this here? Yeah, We're we at home and we think we don't have anything to do. Our ability to sin, right, I think, is going to be tempted to increase. Because we, we're going to be idle, guys. Right? We're going to be sitting at home and not doing much. The, the temptation to just be scrolling uh, on websites we're not supposed to go to, the temptation to try and, and think of clever ways to, to, to quench our sin right? uh, or satisfy our sin uh, is going gonna, gonna to increase. So, so remember that this time, it's not that you're isolated and there's nothing that, or, or Satan then is also isolated. No, no, he's going to come for us. So let us think about the God who is sovereign, the God who runs and rules everything, and turn to him more and more. Listen to what uh, the psalmist then says in verses 10 till 12. Right? Now therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Think wisely. That's what the psalm is telling us. Think wisely. Think soberly. Think carefully. 
right? Spend some time saying, okay, I know that the only thing I have is my social media and my gadgets. Maybe I'm going to spend uh, the, the, the whole of Monday not looking at what's happening on social media, but I'm going to spend time just reading God's word. What is God saying to me? What is God speaking to me about in my life right now in this isolation? Where have I uh, taken sovereignty, taken control, taken independence? Where, where do I need to surrender more? What areas? So I, I'm going to just Tuesday not look at social media, whatever day, right? Uh, Monday, maybe you're spending time reading God's word. Tuesday, you're spending time just praying over what you read about on Monday. Wednesday, maybe you're spending time taking notes and sending that stuff to your friends to encourage them. Whatever the case may be, right? But that we're thinking soberly, we're using this time that we have. It's no coincidence. Yes, coronavirus is a bad thing that's happening to the world. But even within the craziness, in God's sovereignty, he works through all of that to reach you, to reach me, to remind us that he's still on the throne, that he's the one who's in charge and in control. So think soberly. I like the end of verses 12. Listen to what it says. I'll read it again. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Take refuge in the Lord. Go to God and say, God, I've tried it with my own strength. I'm 14. And for the past 14 years, I've been trying to say, mine, 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 mine. But I've just been reminded that you are the only one who says mine and actually means it. So even I am yours, Lord. I want to take refuge in you. I want to find comfort in you. I want to be found in you. I don't want to be found on social media. I don't want to be found uh, with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't want to be found resting in my parents' wealth and my parents' influence. I don't want to be found in the prestige of my school or the education that I'm getting or my abilities for sports or that I, I dress well, I have expensive brands or whatever the case is. Lord, I want to be found in you. If all of this would be stripped away from me, Right? If all of this burns, Lord, may I be found in you. And the Bible says, blessed are all those who will be found in him. Blessed, happy, joyful will be found in him. So take refuge in this, in this God. I want to close off by, by just taking us to, to Acts chapter 4. Because in Acts chapter 4, um, um, uh, Luke quotes this, this psalm that we're reading now. Listen to what he says in Acts chapter 4, verses 26 till verse 27, right? This is speaking about the crucifixion of Jesus. Because obviously I had said in verses 7 that Jesus was speaking there, and it's the Old Testament, and you're wondering to yourself, how was Jesus there? <laughs> but, but listen to this. Luke quotes it and connects it to this, to this psalm. He says, why do the Gentiles rage? Sounds familiar. And the people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and, and his anointed. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand um, and your plan had predestined to take place. Can you see how Luke connects this? He's using the psalm to say that, that, that 2,000 years ago, there were kings, Herod, Pontius Pilate, rulers, authorities, who gathered together with the Gentiles, with the Israelites, and they were all plotting 
to dethrone Jesus. But here's the beautiful thing. When they thought that they're putting Jesus on the cross to destroy him, they did not know that that's the very thing God used to exalt Jesus. When they thought the cross was the end of Jesus, they didn't know that through the cross he's bringing all of us in. When they thought that the cross was the end of the mission of Jesus, they didn't know that the cross is where it began for the church. They thought they ended him by putting him on that tree. But they didn't know that that tree was was the means by which God was using to rescue the world. Bring you out of your darkness. Bring you out of your sin. Bring me out of my confusion. Bring me out of my trying to be independent and sovereign of my own life. Bring all of us out of the clutches of Satan to bring us into the kingdom of his light, the kingdom of his son. They thought that they were destroying Jesus. They plotted. But it was all in vain for them. But it was all in glory for you and I. If you would trust in Jesus, if you would be found in him, if you would take refuge, you'd be blessed. So trust Jesus. Trust him. Give your life to him. This is the good news. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You might be feeling isolated right now. You might be feeling confused. And that's fine. Jesus is not going to give us all the answers, but he has given us one clear thing. He's rescued you from sin. He's rescued you from death. That even if death does catch up with us, it is not the end. Because that enemy has been destroyed on the cross more than 2,000 years ago. And we can sit here today, we can watch this today, knowing for certainty in our hearts, for sure, that if we die, we will be with him in glory. And this won't be the end. So there's no reason for us to panic if God is sovereign. There's no reason for us to be caught up in the confusion if God is sovereign. There's no need for us to worry over and over and be anxious and be overtaken by anxieties if God is sovereign. He's sovereign in that he hasn't destroyed the earth in its sinfulness. Even when he took the world with the flood, he left Noah. And so he still hasn't destroyed us and has given us an an opportunity to respond to him in faith and in trust and say, Lord, we giving up our, our authority, autonomy, we surrendering and we want to give our lives to you. So he will keep us, trust him, and take refuge in him. Pray that you are encouraged. I pray that this was a, a sober reminder that even in this time, God is in charge, he's in control. And I pray that you will continue trusting the sovereign God, the ruler of the universe, the ruler of the world, the ruler of your heart, the ruler of of South Africa, the ruler of Midrand. And that's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us, uh, for us to keep our eyes on him. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you, Father, that we could uh, uh, gather together from our various places remotely, um, but still be hearing you speak to us. I pray for every single teen, Lord, that is watching this, and those who are adults as well, if if they happen to watch this, Lord. I pray uh, that you may work in their hearts, that they may be uh, 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 surrendering their lives and all areas that they're still hogging power over, Lord, that they would let go. 
because, Father, you tell us that the one who tries to preserve his life uh, will lose it, but the one who loses it for your kingdom, Lord, uh, will gain it. And so I pray, Father, that uh, many teens uh, will be doing that, Lord, right now, even in this time of isolation, even in this time of, of social distancing and separation from other people, Lord, that they will think soberly, think wisely, use this time creatively, Lord, so that when this is over, our Father, we, we, we can launch into the world um, to, to, to build your kingdom alongside you, Lord. Uh, but I pray, Father, that you may draw many souls, Lord, who are not in you um, right now, who are listening to this, that they may give their lives to you wholeheartedly with no reserve, Lord. In your, pr in your precious name we pray. Amen.